All right, well, the sermon handouts are right there. Grab a pen, grab your sermon handout. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open your Bible. We're going to be continuing our study on the book of Luke. All right, now we started off last week talking about perfection, and we used the scripture out of Matthew that summed it up. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And we talked about perfection is not the world's way of perfection. Perfection is God's way, and it's not you who makes yourself perfect, but it's God in you that makes you perfect. And by applying and doing God's will in your life and believing in him, perfection is attained. Amen. So this week, we're going to continue with this theme on being perfect, but we're going to start it off with a little different. Okay. Just a year ago, a young man by the name of Michael Brown. Have you guys heard of him? Michael Brown? He was a, a he, he, him and a friend of his went into a convenience store and they grabbed um, a handful of cigars, walked out of the convenience store. Uh, the cops were called. Uh, when the cops pulled up to where he was in Ferguson at his apartment complex, an altercation ensued, and he ended up losing his life. Uh, it became a very big thing, actually a worldwide situation, because there were protests, there was rioting, there was looting, there was a whole lot going on, and there was just a lot of outrage. And this little city called Ferguson, Missouri, became the center focus of a whole lot of anger. Okay. Now, this wasn't the first time this had happened, though. Just a couple of years back, a young man by the name of Trayvon Martin, you guys heard of Trayvon Martin, was also walking through his neighborhood, was confronted by a security guard. An altercation ensued, and Trayvon Martin lost his life as well, and it made front-page headlines. And then just two weeks ago, Freddie Carlos Gray Jr., about the same age as them, just a little older, was out on his bike, had a knife in his pocket. The police took him into custody, threw him, threw him in the back of the car. And somewhere between when the car, him in the car and when they got to the police station, his spine was severed in half. Now, what does all this have to do with Luke? Okay, and it's a very big thing, because when these things happen, everybody runs to social media and so much anger and outrage is ensued. I mean, when my daughter, heard about the Michael Brown case, she just lost it. She was ready to jump in the car. She was ready to walk to Missouri in protest. I'm like, baby, you can't do that. But she was so angry, so upset. And I had to tell her these three words, and it's the three words that start us off today. It's the three words that God tells us not to do. It's the three words that we instinctively tend to do on our own. And even though we're not supposed to do it, it's the hardest thing for us not to do. He tells us, do not judge. And the first thing I told my daughter was this, we don't know all the facts. We don't know everything. That's why Paul says, look, don't judge. I don't even judge myself. He said, I can't even judge myself because I can't, I can't ascertain the, the end result. I don't know what's going to completely happen. So we cannot judge he says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Condemn means to give a sentence. It means to pronounce a sentence on somebody. It means to, to automatically assume the end for that person. You know, over and over again, for those police officers, everybody wanted to say they should be, they should be in jail. They should be this. They should be that. This shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. You can't pronounce sentence, he says, or sentence will be pronounced on you. He says, but rather forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, here's the question. Why is it so hard for us not to judge? 
Why, what, what is in this that makes us want to judge people? Give me some answers. Huh? Insecurity. That's a good one. Insecurity. What else? Jealousy. Wow. Jealousy. What else? Fear. Fear. We judge out of fear. We judge out of insecurity. We judge out of jealousy. We judge because we render opinion. And we have an opinion. And here's what happens. Judging traps you into a situation beyond your control. The minute you make a judgment against somebody else, it traps yourself in that situation. And see, you as young people, this is really, really important. And this is something for you to grab a hold to now. Because me, at 42 years old, I had to go back and I had to pray and get over a lot of judgments I made when I was your age. I, I saw my father a certain way at your age. And even though he changed, I still saw him the same way. I saw my mom a certain way at your age. And even though she changed, I saw her the same way. Because I rendered judgment on that situation and it trapped me and held me there for 20, 30 years. And so on your end, if you can grab a hold of not judging or pronouncing condemnation, but forgiving and letting God do what God does. Because truth always responds in love. Truth is always going to respond in love. Think about it. Do you feel God judges you? I know, I know some people are like, yes, no, yes, no, no, yes, no. <laughs> Do you think God judges you? I know some, because it's, it's kind of a trick question because we think, well, God does say he's going to pronounce judgment, so that means he must be judging me. But the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and he gave it when we were in sin, not when we were not in sin. And so does that mean he's going to pronounce judgment, yes or no? And it gets a little confusing, but let me help you sort this out. There's a difference between God's judgment on you in violation of a principle than a heart. See, if you go outside on this building, you go up to the top floor, you go up onto this and you jump off, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to hit the ground, right? And if every person line themselves up, go up there and they do that, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's not going to change, right? Because it's in violation of a principle has nothing to do with the heart of God. God loves you. He will love you all the way down. Hey, I love you. <laughs> because judgment was rendered in violation of a principle. God loves you. And because he loves you, we love others. And even though it's hard in this culture, we cannot judge. Let's go on. Verse 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, say measure I use, it will be measured to you. Now, God always loves balanced scales. Remember last week I said, what you give, he'll give back to you in return. What you give multiplies back to you in return. And it's in good measure, okay? So it's not God's measure. It's in your measure. Whose measure? So if you give a little, you're what? And if you give much, so who's doing the giving? You are. And who's doing the getting? Yes, you are. See, last service, there was like, God, 
God, God, it's God. God gets everything. God did the giving. God got the getting. God got all of it. It's God. No, it's you. <laughs> it's not God. It's you. You give, you get to the measure you give is to the measure that you will get. That means who's in control? Who? No, no, no. I just gave you the answers. <laughs> so who's in control? You are in control. <laughs> I know they're still like, huh? God is, right? You said God. No. You're in control. <laughs> you are in control. So if you want much, you give much. If you want much appreciation, give appreciation. If you want friendship, give friendship. If you want love, give love. If you want kindness, give kindness. If you want joy, give joy. And it's going to come back to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. He goes on. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, I want you to look right into the eyes of the person next to you and tell me if you can see any. Just look right into their eyes. Look, he took his glasses off. Look right, look right in his eye. Look right, right into the eyes, but right. It is extremely impossible to be looking for a speck in somebody's eye. <laughs> Unless you are staring. I mean, how many of y'all got cross-eyed staring, look, trying to look at somebody's eye, right? Looking right into their eyes. Because you can't. You can't do it, right? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank of your own? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And we just sum this section up by saying, mind your own business. Just mind your own business. Look, when you are so focused on dealing with your stuff, you don't got time to deal with other people's stuff. You just don't have time for it. You know, you're so focused on being you and being a blessing. Let's keep going. All right. A good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Have y'all ever heard whatever's inside of you is going to come out? Yeah, how many have heard that before? Raise your hand. Yeah, whatever's inside of you is eventually going to come out. So that means all the movies that you've been watching that, that are inside of you eventually is going to come out. They came in through your eye gate, they're going to come back out. All the music that you listen to came in through your ear gate is going to come back out. All the stuff that you may read, the things you may be talking about is going to come right back out. I remember when I was first dating, my mom told me this. You attract who you are. It's a good lesson for you guys to catch right now. You attract who you are. <clears throat> and so she says, so if you want to attract a good woman, you have to be right. You got to be a good man. Now, at that time, I was not being a good man, but I wanted a good woman. <laughs> and, what was, and what was showing up was not good women. <laughs> I had to change who I was. And I tell my daughters that now, look, you attract who you are. So ladies, you're going to attract who you are. So if you want a man who's loving and respectful, who's honoring to you, and who's going to honor your body and your wishes and your desire, and who's going to respect who you are and seize your future and love the God in you, you have to be that person now. And young men, if you and a woman who's going to respect and honor you and going to honor the God in you and who's going to look at you as one of the leaders in her life, y'all are going to partner together. And the two of you are going to join together and be a wonderful family. You got to be that now. And see, and it's the hardest part for the guys because guys, you know, we're like 
three years behind I'm with women. And so, <laughs> so women tend to mature faster, so they get it quicker. So I'll say it again to the guys so that they can catch it, because I'm sure y'all got it. So if you guys want a good woman who's going to respect you, who's going to love you, who you can adore, who's going to love the God in you, you have to be that now. Be that now, and you're going to attract that. Make sense? All right, so why, he goes on to say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are. Now, he says, I'm going to show you what they are. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to give you a picture of what they're going to look, about, look like. He says, they are like a man building a house. Okay, now, everyone in this room is building a house. All of y'all, y'all are young construction workers. Okay, and y'all are responsible for building your house. Now, your house is your life. That's your life product, okay? Everything that's going to happen. Now, you have a choice. You can either build a nice, beautiful mansion on large acres of land with beautiful fountains, wonderful staircase, granite, marble, travertine, wood, just a beautiful, beautiful house. Or you can build a shack. 10 by 10 shack off the side of the road somewhere. It's your life. But everybody is building a life. And he says this, there are like a man building a house. We are all under construction. And this man who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. Now, what's the rock? God's plans, God's precepts, and God's principles. That's the foundation on God's plans, precepts, and, and, and procedures and principles. He laid the foundation on rock, and when the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. All right? But then he goes on to say this, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Now, here's one key point. Both people heard the word. What was the difference? Huh? One acted on it, the other didn't. One put it into practice, and the other did not, right? So both of them heard, but one put it into practice, and one did not. And this one, the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Both of them heard the word, and the storm hit against both houses, but one was stood on the foundation and one did not. See, many of us feel like, hey, you know, we come to church and you hear the word of God. Or you hear something preached and you get something out of it. But many people walk out of there and do nothing with it. You see, I came to 5979 and we went upstairs and we played video games. And then we came downstairs and we had great worship. And they gave us a whole bunch of candy, so we're all wired and we can't even think straight. And, and now we're sitting here, and it's a great word, and then to leave and then not do nothing with it. And then sometime during the week, the torrent comes. The hurricane comes. It beats up against you. You get an email. You get a text message. You get something from a friend. And next thing you know, you got to deal with it. And if you're not putting these things into practice... Look at the house. If you're not putting them into practice, look at the house. Collapsed and its destruction 
was complete. Perfection comes by allowing God to make you perfect. Put those things into practice. Perfection is building your house on the principles of God, for only he can make us perfect. Amen? All right, so we're going to go into our, our, our groups, and we're going to answer these three questions. Question number one is this. Have you ever been judged by someone, and how did you feel? Now, how many people have ever been judged by someone? Yeah, I like every hand's up, right? All right, number two is, does your environment reflect the type of person you are? Do your friends, the people you hang around with, does that reflect the type of person you are? And number three, what are some godly principles you're building your own life on? All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that perfection is only found in you. Lord, I thank you that we will not judge. And Father, that uh, we trust and put our faith and hope inside of you, Lord. So Father, I just ask that you bless these discussions this night. Let it permeate in our heart. Let us walk out and do something with it this week. Meditate on your word, Lord, in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.